13 years old. All of you are adults. Adults, right? You can drive, you can drink, you can vote. I don't have that. When I asked my mom if I could be dropped off here, her response was, is it safe? Is it safe? You know, we had someone come up here and talk, don't teach our children to disobey those who are protecting us. I don't see them protecting me. If you want to talk about those protecting me, I look to those who are standing right now because my trust isn't in them. I don't trust any of you. I don't trust any of the police officers because you have shown time and time again that we cannot trust you. We're going to say their names today, ladies and gentlemen. We're going to say their names today. Reuben Smith III, 35, North Little Rock, Arkansas. Jarvis Sullivan, 44, Yule Lee, Florida. Terrell Mitchell, 34, Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. Derek Thompson, 46, Fountain, Florida. David McAtee, 53, Louisville, Kentucky. What's going on, ladies and gentlemen? This is Oh That's Random Podcast. I am your host, That Guy Nerdy G. Now, if you're used to coming to Oh That's Random Podcast and getting some different type, getting a different type of show um, where I'm just going off the top of my head, random topics and just sharing with you guys what's, what's going on in my life. That's not going to be that type of show today. Today's show is going to be a different type of show where I'm going to speak on something that is an issue that is, it's a, it's an apparent issue. And a lot of people are, you know, a lot of people are talking about it, but there's not really much movement behind it, right? When I say not movement, I mean there's no solutions behind it. Uh, we hear everybody talking, we keep on complaining, we keep on, but what are we actually going to do about this? Throughout this podcast, I'm going to say people's name. These people, names that I'm saying, these are people who have been shot or killed by, uh, that have been killed by the police since George Floyd's death. I don't know all of their stories. I don't know all of their stories. I don't know all the facts, but these are people who have been killed. These are black men who have been killed by the police. So I want you, I, I want to start there and let you guys know that. Um, this is not the type of show that I like to do. I'm not at that point in my life where I want to go out and I want to be the Cape Crusader. That's not me. That's not nerdy G. That is not I. This young lady right here who's 13 years old. Let me remind you, I'm going to say it again, 13 years old. And this is what she's saying, how she fears the police who is here to protect us, the citizens. Protect and serve is what it says. Protect and serve is what it says. But I am today, I'm going to be talking about a specific situation that happened in Houston on April 27th, if I'm not mistaken. Um, but before I get to that, we're going to say his name and his name is Jalen Randall, Jalen Randall, Jalen Randall, hear it. Like I say, I'm going to say, I'm not, I might butcher some of these names, but I'm going to say their names. Kamala Flowers, 24, New Rochelle, New York, Lewis Ruffin Jr., 38, Orlando, Florida, Philip Jackson, 32, Tunnel Hill, Georgia. Michael Blue Thomas, 63, Lancaster, California, 63. Wow. Rayshard Brooks, 27, Atlanta, Georgia. 
Kane Van Pelt, 23 Crown Pump, Indiana. Let me talk to you guys. I have three black sons. And I know what my experiences have been with the police. I know. I know what my experiences have been with the police. And I want you to hear me out on this. I've had some good experiences and I've had some bad experiences. And I'm going to share some of my experience. I'm going to share some good experiences and I'm going to share some of those bad experiences in this, in this episode. I'm scared for my children. I'm scared for your children. I'm scared for my brothers. I'm scared for my friends. It doesn't stop me from going outside, but I'm scared for you guys. I'm scared for black men to try to move freely about, to make a living, to provide for their families, to do better in life, to, to shut, to shed all of those, to shed all of those, um, what I want to say, uh, all of those stereotypes. That's what that that's, that's where I'm at with it. I'm scared for y'all. I'm scared for us all. But let's get right to it. Let's get right. Let, let, let's get right to it. Let's dive in and let's dissect. Not even so much dissect, but let's talk about this disgust that I have that made me want to um, actually do this story. And uh, there's a video to this. I'm not going to post the video. Um, I will not post the video, but I'll let you guys hear the video. I'll do that a little bit later on in the show. Uh, But I do want to shout out to uh, I'd Be Sarcastic for sending me this story. Um, There's no way that uh, they could have known that uh, this would take me or or that that this would bring me to this point. I'm going to read to you um, a little something. And and I'll show you how I got to my disgust, okay? ABC asked the president of the Houston Police Department, uh, Police Officers Union, Doug Griffin, about Jalen Randall's parents' concern. He said he believes the shooting was justified and that Jalen Randall knew that officers were trying to arrest him. We've got units behind him in a chase, and we have officers stopping and getting out in front of him. He obviously knew what the deal was. All he had to do was comply. Sadly, it was a horrible outcome, and I feel for the family. But again, had he just complied, we would not be here in the situation right now, said Griffith. I want to pause. I want to unpack a lot of things that were said right there. A lot of that was triggering for me, okay? I'm I'm letting you guys know that right now. A lot of that was triggering for me. The dismiss, the... He knew what the deal was, um, you know, the but again, we all know that when you say but, everything that you said before doesn't mean shit. When you throw that but in, you know, I feel for the family. Do you really feel for the family? You're saying that the shooting was justified. You're saying that the shooting was justified. I'm going to break down how this went. I'm telling you guys, I'm going to break it down. How it went. I watched the video. I watched the video and I listened and I had open eyes. I watched it over a couple of times and I wanted, I I wanted to be clear and I wanted to make sure that I didn't miss anything before I spoke on this. I had to go back and watch it. Let me say that I went back and watched it because at first I wasn't going to speak on it. I wasn't going to speak on it until I read this. This is a union's president. 
the president of the Houston Police Officers Union, Doug Griffith. Doug Griffith. I'm going to say this right now, and I want to. I want you to hear me clearly. Fuck you. We need to have compassion for humans. Period. He knew what the deal was. Man, police officers have been killing so many of us. If we know what the deal is, yeah, we probably don't want to be in your custody because we don't know how you guys are going to treat us. We might not come back from that. You understand? We might not come back from that. So knowing the deal or trying to get into a situation where there are people, witnesses around so that we don't be taken advantage of or we don't lose our lives. And hell, it doesn't even matter if, if witnesses are around. We saw what happened with George Floyd. I never seen the video. I never watched the George Floyd video. I want everybody. I want. I want to make that clear. I never watched the George Floyd video. I've heard other people speak about it. I don't need that in my life. I cannot stand by and watch someone lose their life. I can't. I'm not built that way. I can't stand and watch somebody who's supposed to protect me or protect not only me but the citizens of the city and let their life slip away. I can't. I can't. I watched this video. I watched this video and um, it wasn't as, it wasn't, I don't know how I want to say this. It wasn't um, not taken away from it, but it wasn't as, from what I've been told about the George Floyd video where he just sat there. This video had some some instances where, well, I don't want to say instances. It was quick, it was a quick it was a quick clip, and basically, you know, I saw a person face I saw a person face down getting handcuffed, that was shot in the neck, that was bleeding out from the neck. So if you're bleeding out from the neck, my first deal is to render aid to you, not handcuff you. Sorry, if I've got shot in the neck, yeah, I've never been shot with a pistol. I've been shot with a, I've been shot with a BB gun. I've been shot with a paintball gun, and I know for a fact, BB guns, pellet, and and, and and paintball guns. If you get shot with those, those sting. They make you sit your ass down for a second. If you got shot with a real bullet that pierced through your neck, I'm pretty sure you're not trying to do any damn thing. Your body's going into shock, and and a whole slew of other things. Back to Mr. Doug Griffith. He said he believes that the shooting was justified. After watching the video, there's no possible way that you can believe that it was justified. Matter of fact, let me do this. Let me, let me do this right now. Let me let me play the video. And while I while, let me play let me let me play the audio of the video. And while I'm playing the audio of the video, I'm gonna just pull this up. Uh, and I'm gonna say a few more names. Donald Ward, 27, Phoenix, Arizona. Brandon Garner, 24. Beach Park, Illinois. Taryn Jamal Boone, 31, Rosemont, California. Derek Canada, 43, Giddens, Texas. I'm going to tell you this. It's, it's disgusting to see that I see a lot of Texas on here. I'm from Texas. I'm from Texas, and I see a lot of Texas on here. And that's disheartening because that's not 100% my experience with the police. But it is what it is. All right, so give me a second and let me go ahead and um, play this for you guys so that you can hear. 
Hey, let me see it. Oh shit. Hey, watch out behind me. Watch out behind me. You good? I'm good. Good. I'm gonna let it play uh, back so that you guys can catch it from the beginning and understand what's going on. Hey, let me see it! Oh shit! Hey, watch out behind me, watch out behind me. You good? I'm good. Let me stop it right there. Are you good? Are you good? I see one, two, three, four police officers with bulletproof vests on. I see I see one I see one car in front. There's a car in behind there's a car behind. I can't see what the police car behind them is doing. I see uh an individual on the ground with a hoodie on over his head, both arms put behind his back. There's a officer kneeling on the person, uh, and handcuffing that person. The person is face down. The person is Jalen Randall. You guys heard it when he got out the car. When the officer got out the car, the officer got out the car, he said, hey, put your pow. Oh, shit. I'm going to tell you this. When the term oh, shit is said, when the term oh, shit is said, to me, that means something happened that shouldn't have happened. Something happened that I wasn't expecting. I stubbed my toe. Oh, shit. I backed into this car. Oh, shit. Something happened that wasn't supposed to happen. Something that caught me by surprise. Something that I wasn't expecting. That term, oh, shit, let you know that that shouldn't have happened. I didn't even get my command out. I didn't even give the person, the human being, a time to say or to, to, to comply the person who got out, the, the, the police officer who got out the car was not the person who made the shot or who took the shot. I don't know who took the shot, but by the time he walked over there, he still had his gun drawn, which I didn't like. The gun was still, his gun was still drawn. As the other police officer um, came over, put his knee in the dude, put his knee in Jalen Randall's back and handcuffed him. Jalen Randall has a hoodie on his head. So where he was shot at, you couldn't see. That's that. Are you good? No, I'm not good. If this person, you shot him in the neck, he's face down on the ground. He's face down on the ground. He's shot in the neck. Pretty sure he's bleeding out. So to say, are you good? No, I'm not good with allowing a person to bleed out right here. And I'm still going to handcuff them. You cannot do that. You need to render aid to this person that you shot to handcuff them in that and this person is shot in the neck. You didn't even check to see. You heard the you heard the gunshot. You just came right over. You put your knee not so much, but not aggressively. You put your knee down and you put both hands behind his back and you handcuffed him. There was no resistance from Jalen Randall. Even the way that his hands moved and the way that he put him behind his back, he already looked like the life was, you can tell like the life was already draining out of him. There was no resistance. That's what I'm going to say. But to say that it was justified, I can't. 
to say all he had to do was comply. Well, sir, he didn't have a chance to comply. Understand that Jalen, if he knew that the police was coming after him and he didn't feel safe or he didn't feel comfortable, he decided to hop in a car. They was chasing him for a, a short bit of time. And then you had a car cop behind him, a car cop in front of him. And what I seen to be at least four, four bodies on the four police officers on the scene and not, not knowing if those were, let's see, it was two. It was two in the car because the guy, uh, the police officer who had the body cam on was not driving. He was a passenger and then two more cops. So he pulled up and then two more cops came from his backside. So it was probably, I'm going to say six. I'm going to go give, give or take four to six officers there for one person, one person. I want you to understand that one person, six officers, we need to take you down to comply. If you don't give me a chance to comply, then how am I to comply? Yeah. How am I to comply? If you, if you can't even get your command out for me to comply, that's that. He goes on to say, I think it was completely justified. The fact we are looking at an armed suspect. He's got multiple felonies for aggravated offenses. And then on top of that, he's got two objects, one in each hand that are both black. And as he turns, the officers can't wait to find out if that's a gun or not. <sighs> aggravated offenses doesn't mean that you're a violent person. Let me just, let's clear that out. Aggravated offenses don't mean that you're a violent person. Aggravated offenses, the way that they pile charges on us can be some fuck shit. On top of that, he got two objects in his hand, both black. Now, the car comes to a stop. They got him cornered. Jalen gets out the car. That means the passenger door opens. The passenger door opens. Now, the officers are that are in front of him, depending on how he got out the car, you cannot see what he has in his hand. Go to your car. Open up your passenger door and have two things in your hand. If you're taller, maybe. That means the police that means the police officers behind him. If the if the objects were in front of him, you can't see those objects. So are you saying that he has two black objects, one in each hand? The cops from the front can't see him. The cops from the back can't see it. Do you know that he has two objects in his hand because now you shot him and he fell? Because in the video, I didn't see any black objects around him. So that means those objects were, he would probably be laying on those objects. So if he was laying on those objects, when you rolled him over, or when you dragged him from, because from my understanding, they dragged him to the sidewalk. He was already laying on the grass and they dragged him to the sidewalk to render aid after the fact, after they handcuffed him, after they shot him and then handcuffed him. So you telling me that they made a split decision and they, they decided to shoot because you couldn't tell. He just got out the car. You couldn't tell what he had, but because he has multiple felonies, which you can have felonies and not and and not lay a finger on a person. You can have multiple felonies and not have hurt a fly. Aggravated offenses, once again, does not mean that you're a violent person. Does not mean that you're going to shoot up or try to shoot your way out of something. That does not mean that. 
You got four to six officers that have bulletproof vests on. They're in their fatigues. They have their guns drawn. You have one trying to give a verbal command, but before that verbal command comes out, the suspect is shot and killed. You understand what I'm saying? Do you understand? Do, 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 you, do you get it? Do you, do, does it resonate with you? To say that we can't, find, we can't wait to find out what it is. Well, tell me, what, what were those objects? Tell me what the two objects were. Tell me what the two objects were. Tell me that out in the field that there was not a better way to handle that situation. Tell me. Tell me the reason why you brought up the fact that he has multiple felonies. Tell me the reason why you had to bring up the fact that he uh, uh, multiple felonies for aggravated offenses. Tell me why you had to bring that up. Are you telling me that this person is a hostile person? Are you telling me that this person... Are you telling me that um, you have belief that he's a murderer? Tell me these things about Jalen Randall that you don't know. Tell me how you assess the situation. Because right now, the way that this looks and the way that this comes off is Doug Griffith, fuck you, is saying, shoot first, ask questions later. Because that's what happened in this situation. You shot first, regardless. Not taking Jalen, not taking anything away from Jalen, Police was there. He hopped in the car, and that was a mini chase. I'm not taking anything away from what he did. You understand? I'm not taking anything away. But if that was, I mean, if that was a better way to handle this situation, you know, if he's been in, in, in the Houston Police Department's custody and they haven't treated him the best in the past, what makes him think that it's anything different this time around? We have a 13-year-old girl at the beginning, at the top of this podcast, who said she fears. I don't know how old Jalen is or was, but I'm, if he had multiple run-ins with the, with the police officers of Houston and they haven't treated him the best, then what do you expect? What do you expect? Why do you think kids, young black and brown kids run from the police? Because they're not treated in the best light. They're not. We don't get the grace and we can't go shoot up a church and go get Burger King after the fact. We can't shoot up uh, an elementary school and go get Taco Bell or some shit like that. We we, We don't be met with, hey, put your gun down. It's okay. This person just murdered. We don't know how many people, but because of their skin tone, we want to talk the, we want to we, we we want to take the talk down before takedown approach, before using deadly force. But if they're black or brown, hey, at, shoot first, ask questions later. That's okay. We're not okay with that. None of us should be okay with that. Anybody should not be okay with that. There are always better solutions. In her video earlier, she goes on, these people identify, people in power, people who we have elected, people who are in office, they see these issues. I don't want to call them problems. They're issues. They're, they're problems that, they're, they're, they're issues that are boiling over the problems. Or, hell, we probably could call them problems because at this point, I mean, we didn't address it when it was an issue. But they can't, they see the problem, but they can't do anything to fix it. 
So why are you in power? Why why do we why do we elect you if you're not going to do anything to correct the problems that we have or that we're facing? You're okay with allowing the police, the world's biggest gang, go out and murder people and let them, hey, you come up, we're gonna back you, we're gonna send you, you gotta sit your ass down. And um I know you know, give it a couple years or two, maybe maybe one or two years, you can go be a police officer in another in another city or something like that, but not back in this city. You still can do that. You can still go and be a police officer somewhere else. And depending on what state you're in, if you're in my great state of Texas, they probably tell you give you a pat on the back and say just another one or whatever they may say. I don't know. I don't want to speculate on that. This right here doesn't sit well with me. I don't know how the president was elected, but fuck him to come out with no compassion, fake compassion, and to say all he had to do was comply. Oh, well, he's a, he's a multi-felon. He has many aggravated uh, offenses. We chose deadly force when we didn't have to. Y'all chose deadly force when you didn't have to. Whatever those objects were, when you found out, you could have said exactly what they were instead of just saying, he had two black objects in his hand. Tell us what the black objects were. Tell us what they were. This is disgusting to me. I hear it. Black men, brown men are getting gunned down by the police. Let me share with you my experience with the police. I'm going to share a good experience and I'm going to share a bad experience. No, you know what? I'm going to share one experience. I'm going to share one experience that 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 it, that that was confusing for me at the time, but so well understood because at the time uh, where I was at at that point in my life, I was driving out in the in the Keller area yeah, out in North Fort Worth. Right, I was coming from a meeting. I was on medication. I make a turn at a busy at a make a turn at a busy intersection. At that time, my vehicle was having some electrical issues. My lights flink, my, my lights, my headlights flashed on and off. The police officer thought that was odd. He decided to pull me over. Understood. He reached, um, when he came to the car, it was dark inside of my car. I was the only one in my vehicle. I rolled down the passenger window. He asked me for my information. I gave him my information, but he had his hand on his gun. I'm on medication at this time. I want you to understand this. I'm on medication, but I'm not so far gone on my medication that I don't realize that he has his hand on his gun. He comes back. My name is not spelled. My, my, my given name is not spelled correctly on some of my paperwork. It's correct on my driver's license. It wasn't correct on the registry to my car, which didn't make any sense because you get that from my driver's license. But it wasn't spelled correctly. He becomes irate with me. Hand still on his gun. Do you got any other form of identification because of a few letters not matching? My name is the same, but because a few letters not matching, He's asking me, do I have anything else in the vehicle with me? 
to show that this is my name and that that I am this person. The medication that I have has me in a state to where I'm so chill. I say no. Tells me to put my hands on the steering wheel. I put my hands on the steering wheel. I leave him there where he can see him. He's agitated. He doesn't know what's going on. He's, I'm, I'm giving him the answers. I'm giving him the answers that he's asking me, but it's not what he wants to hear. I'm in this nice neighborhood. I'm in this nice area, predominantly white. If you, if you, if you go five minutes down the other way, I'm in white settlement. Yes, we have a place here in Texas called White Settlement. So he asked me to step out the car. He handcuffs me. He puts me in the back of his truck. He puts me back in the back of his vehicle. Okay. He's taking me in. I'm fine. The medication has me mellowed out. While I'm in the vehicle, it's only me and him. I'm handcuffed and I'm sitting in the back. He starts to talk. He starts, he asks the conversation. What are you doing out here? What's going on? What, what, what are you doing out here? I tell him I was out here for a meeting. I expressed to him what the meeting was about, what it was for, what kind of meeting it was. He said, you can check with the doctor. The doctor will confirm what I'm telling you. That's what it is. I'm telling you, you took me in. You didn't have, you, you took me in because my name didn't match. My dri- you, you, took, you took me in because my name, my driver's license didn't match the name that was registered to the vehicle. Then I tell you what's going on. You're asking me questions. You're asking me about my life. You find out what I do for a living. Everything that you're asking me is just a, it's just two men in the car having a conversation. And you hear, you hear tone and everything differently, change differently. And almost kind of like, shit, I fucked up. But I'm here and I got to go. And I, and I, and I got to go through with it. And that's what he did. He went through with it. He took me in. He booked me. Before he left, he apologized to me. I said, "What's the apology for?" He didn't. He, he didn't give. He didn't give a. He didn't give a reason what the apology was for. But he said, "I'm sorry." That confused me. But as I said in the tank for that night, because they released me the next morning, because it was some bullshit. But they released me the next morning. Um. Yeah, he, I had time to think. Medication was wearing off. Thought process, cognitive, everything was coming back, and it was hitting me, and it let me know, like, boom. Nerdy, because I was black. Because I wasn't what he expected. He was expecting for me to go back and forth with him. He was expecting for me to be aggressive. He was expecting for me to come from what he has been probably shown or told about black people all his life. And then to have a conversation with me in the vehicle and to kind of find out like, oh shit, this is a professional. Not only is this a professional, this is a professional that's going through a difficult time in his life. As for any other human being that was going through what I was going through, uh, that was going through what I was going through at that time, you would sympathize with that person because it's just a humanly thing to do. He then, he then, he then 
at some point during that conversation realized, shit, I fucked up. I prejudged. I made. I overshot this, and this is what it is. They already told my car. He couldn't take me back to my car. My car was already told. I got to go through with this. I'm gonna apologize to him, but I can't apologize. I can't tell him what I'm apologizing for. But yeah, you apologize because you knew that you were wrong. You knew that you had judged me. You knew that you had stereo- put me in a stereo. It was a stereotype thing. That's what you did. Was he a bad cop? No. Did his environment where he grew up and how he was brought up, did that have an effect on him and how he handled the situation? Yes, it did. I forgive him for that. I forgave him that night. But also, it, it, was, one, it, was, it was a moving thing, right? The fact that you acknowledge, like you, you recognize it, and hopefully going forward when he would pull people over or when he would get into it, hopefully he would carry that night with him, and hopefully it, he made a conscious decision to change the way that he approached uh, people, black and browns. Hopefully, I don't know if I don't know if it did or not, but I would assume or I would hope that it did. That's just me. That's my story. That's that. That's my experience. That's one of my experiences where it was bad and good, and eye opening all at the same time. I've had other experiences where, um, you know, I was in a passenger seat where cops were just really aggressive, rude, pulled me out, slammed me on the car while my girlfriend was in the driver's seat, and they pulled her over. They didn't pull me over, but because I was in the driver's, because I was in the passenger seat, because I was a black, um, a black young man, uh, and the officer felt he had the authority over me, and he wanted to make an example. That's all him. That's that. That was on him. That was a very bad experience. Yes, did it have me screaming "fuck the police"? It did because to slam me on a on the on the on the vehicle for no apparent reason, and to search me illegally and search me, it made no sense. But I don't hate all police officers because of that. Now, I'm gonna say a couple more names: Vincent Harris, 51, Baton Rouge, Louisiana; Jeremy Sutherland, 22, Sacramento, California. Uh, Chester Jenkins, 60, Stockton, California. Uh, David Earl Brooks Jr., 45, Ro- Roxboro, North Carolina. Darren Walker, 28, Detroit, Michigan. Ashton Broussard, 30, Houston, Texas. Amari Johnson, 30, Vinor City, New Jersey. There's more names. There's a ton of names. You understand what I'm saying? There are a ton of names of men who have been, black and brown men who have been killed by the police. These are just a few of the names. And we have to step up and when we have to say something, we have to do something about it. I know this is going a little bit longer than what I normally do, but this is something that I'm that that that, that, that I'm passionate, right? That that, that that got me, got under my skin. Fuck you, Doug Griffith. Once again, I can't can't say that enough. Jalen Randall did not have to shoot die that day. Your officers did not have to pull the trigger on him. Once again, you guys are the biggest gang in the world, the police. So, Nerdy, what you say all this to say what? Resolution. I have resolution. I have solution. Let's get us a third party. Let's, let's do some balance. Let's do some checks and balances like we do in the government. Let's do some checks and balances. Not only let's do some checks and balances where we have a third party to come out to investigate uh, police departments, let's also move that. Let's move the, let's, let's move the top officials around. 
So I live uh, in Dallas, right? And there's a sub. There, there's the suburbs, right? We have the suburbs. We have DeSoto, Lancaster, Duncanville, Cedar Hill. Um, I won't say Midlothian, right? Let's take those police chiefs and those sergeants and let's move them around. Because we know if you've been at a job for a long period of time, you've built relationships with certain people, right? And sometimes certain people are, we, we consider, oh, they're just a knucklehead. Oh, that's just the way that that person is. No, let's rotate some of these people around. Because then that breaks up that camaraderie. That breaks up, oh, I'm going to have your back no matter what. Because right is right. Let's get the people in here who's going to do the right thing regardless who's looking or not. And let's make sure that we, let, let's make sure that we rotate that around. And so that way um, we're not just, you know, looking out for each and every person. No, if you're fucking up, you're fucking up. And I need to be the one to call you out on it. If you're going to be in a leadership role that the motto is to protect and serve, you need to be, you need to hold everyone accountable. So when they're not protecting the people that they're supposed to serve, you need to, you need to handle it. You need to handle it. You need to correct those actions. And if those actions can't be corrected, they need to not be on the force. You understand what I'm saying? Let's move it. Let's, let, let's get, let's get that. Let's get a rotating thing. And then let's also, like I say, have a third party come out and investigate. Let's go through the people who have these complaints against them, where they are super aggressive or how many, um, useful forces that they have where it's like, yo, you got 12 within, uh, um, within the three month period, what's going on? Why are you so aggressive? And let's, let's try to help them. Not just, not just fire them. Let's try to get them some help, but let's try to, uh, change their behaviors. Let's try to give them some tools to where they better can protect and serve us. Because I mean, yeah, you go through training, but does the training really give you the Sir, the, the 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 protection part does it do they give you the tools on how to talk down before takedown does it give you those soft skills where you say okay hey i understand that i'm in this neighborhood and this neighborhood may be a little bit more aggressive but that doesn't mean that everybody in that neighborhood is aggressive let's save some lives let's let's switch some things up there's solution to every there, there's a solution there's a better way for everything nerdy believes that there's a better way to do everything. There's a better way to handle things. And we can do that. All we got to do is put the people in the right place. We got to vote to get people in the right place. We got to f- come together as a people and make things happen. And if we don't, then what? I know I said at the beginning, I'm not at that point in my life yet. Yet. Who knows what's going to move me? Like I say, they sent me this. They didn't know that I was going to go and do a little research. They didn't know that I was going to go and find this and that Doug Griffith made disgusted me to the point to where I wanted to talk about this. Jalen Randall didn't have to die. Didn't have to die. I read, I'm reading his story. He didn't have to die. I saw the video. He didn't have to die. That's what I'm saying. So no, it wasn't warranted. No, you're not good. If he's shot in the neck and he's bleeding out and you handcuffed him. No, he, you're not good. You're not good. My solution is, once again, and I'm going to double down on my solution. Let's change these people around. Let's move them from department to department. Take them out of their comfort zone. People who have been there uh, an extended period, a long period of time, let's change them. Let's, let's, let's shake this up. Because if you're going to cover for the same people that you've been covering for years and you know that they're constant fuck-ups, 
and they do shit that, you know, is not by the book. No, we need to hold you accountable and you need to be held accountable. Let's try to help you guys get some training. And if your behavior doesn't change at that point, then, hey, we have to release you to the industry that is the world. And there are and it's changing every day. There's jobs that you can go and get. Trust me right now. There are jobs available, period. Double down on that. That's the solution. We'll figure it out together. But until next time, I'm that guy, Nerdy G. Thank you for tuning in. If you want to follow me on Instagram, that guy, Nerdy G. Follow me on Twitter, Nerdy underscore G-E-E way. If you're still on Facebook and you're, you're, you're climbing around there, Nerdy G2Es, please don't forget to ease. I'm there. Thank you for listening. Thank you for tuning in. I promise you we'll get back to something lighthearted, funny, um, something that you can go and talk about with your friends and have a good laugh. Um, but until next time, I'm out. I'm going to say a couple of more names before I get out of here, though. Uh, and I just hate that there's so many people from Texas. We got to do better, and we will do better. That I do believe in. Um, but I'm out. Damien Lamar Daniels, 31, San Antonio, Texas. Julius Payer. 29, Houston, Texas. Michael Anthony Harris, 44, Daytona Beach, Florida. Robert Earl Jackson, 54, Thorsby, Alabama. Dijon Kizzy, 29, Westmont, California. Stephen D. Smith, 33, Syracuse, New York. Major Cavill Carvel Baldwin, 61, San Antonio, Texas. Stephen Gilbert, 33, Delray Beach, Florida. Um... Jonathan Darsall, 28, Moscow, Tennessee. Robert Coleman, 88, West Sacramento, California. God. Daryl Wayne Zumalt, Sr., 55, San Antonio, Texas. Charles Eric Moses, Jr., 33, Brunswick, Georgia. Patches Vojohn Holmes, Jr., 26. Uh, Bella Fonte, Neighbors, Missouri. Willie Sofersire, Jr., 57, Wagman, Louisiana. Sorry about that. DeMarco Riley, 27, Decatur, Georgia. Jonathan Price, 31, Wolf City, Texas. I do, but we got to say their names, and we have to make it louder, and we have to do something about it. <laughs>